On the morning of April 23, 1888, Dr. Alfred Nobel, the well-known inventor of dynamite, woke up to read his own obituary. His brother Ludwig had died the day before, but a newspaper reporter mistakenly thought that it was Alfred, and he carelessly reported the death of the wrong brother. Just as anyone would be, Mr. Nobel was greatly disturbed to read his own obituary. However, what was most disconcerting to him was the headline. The headline read, The Merchant of Death is Dead. The article went on to call him the Dynamite King, and it stated this, Dr. Alfred Nobel, who became rich by finding more ways to kill more people faster than ever before, died yesterday. Alfred Nobel was horrified and he was overwhelmed. For the first time, this great inventor and industrialist who had amassed an immense fortune from explosives saw himself as the world saw him, as the dynamite king. Nobel did not want to be remembered in that way. He was determined not to be remembered as the merchant of death and so he resolved to do something about it. On November the 27th, 1895, Alfred Nobel signed his final will and testament at the Swedish-Norwegian Club in Paris. When Nobel died on December the 10th, 1896, it was discovered that according to his will, that his vast wealth was to be used for five annual prizes. A prize for physics, a prize for chemistry, a prize for medicine, a prize for literature, and most surprisingly, a prize for peace. Those first prizes were awarded in December of 1901. In particular, that prize for peace was to be awarded to the person who, and I quote, the person who shall have done the most or the best work for fraternity between nations, for the abolition or reduction of standing armies, and for the holding of peace congresses. Shortly before his death, Nobel confided in a friend and he said, I want to be remembered for peace, not destruction. When Alfred Nobel actually died, he held 355 patents. He had built companies and laboratories in over 20 countries. And he had left a $9 million endowment fund to award those prizes. What happened was, was Nobel literally changed his legacy. And today, we remember him not as the merchant of death, but we remember him for that Nobel Peace Prize. Now, while most of us will not leave behind any great inventions or have worldwide success or will we leave behind a $9 million endowment, make no mistake about it though, we are leaving a legacy. In fact, just consider the legacy of some of the great characters of the Bible. King David is remembered as a man after God's own heart. Abraham is known as the father of faith and as the friend of God. John is known as the apostle whom Jesus loved. Moses is remembered as the meekest man in all the earth. Paul we remember not as the persecutor of the church, but we remember him as that great preacher and the writer of so many of the New Testament epistles. Job is remembered as a man of great patience. Esther is esteemed for her courage. Hannah is remembered as a woman of prayer. Ruth as the faithful daughter-in-law. And Mary we remember as the virtuous, humble, and highly favored mother of Jesus. But but how will you be remembered? What kind of reputation are you building? What legacy are you leaving? 
It is possible to live under a delusion. It's possible to think that you are kind when you are really very inconsiderate. It's possible to think that you are gracious when the truth is your personality is very grating. It's possible to think that you're generous and giving when others actually regard you as cheap and miserly. And It is possible to believe that you are loved when the reality is you are merely tolerated. The wise man wrote in Proverbs 22 and in verse 1, that a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. I want to have a good name. I want to leave behind a good name and a good reputation. I want people to look at me and I want them to see Jesus Christ living in me. However, my hope for my reputation needs to match up with what my reputation actually is which means there may need to be some changes that need to be made. That's why when I go before the Lord in prayer, I want to ask Him, Lord, help me to see me as You see me. Help me to look in Your Word and see the proper reflection of who and what I am. Alfred Nobel said, Every man ought to have the chance to correct his obituary in midstream and write a new one. Do you need to write a new one? If so, what kind of changes do you need to make? And when your time comes, when that obituary finally does get written, how exactly will it read? 